You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I mean, do you ever have a chance to sit back and look at how far you've come? Or do you just, you, you can all you can do is just keep your eyes forward? Exactly, man. And I believe I'm a big believer in that. It's just, you know, you always got somewhere to be. And I think there's always more, you know, and uh, I'm a big believer in, you know, when you make it somewhere, you know, you always you always can go higher. You know what I mean? You always can continue to grow. You always continue to get better. So uh, I try not to look back, even though it's encouraging. Don't get me wrong. I don't just sit there and ignore it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's always more work to do, even if you're at the highest level. And Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast and the only podcast that brings you inside the Bills locker room with one of its talented young players. I'm your host, Nate, and we have a great show for you guys. We are talking with Bill's defensive end, Mike Love, the second-year player out of the University of South Florida. He's in the midst of another offseason with the Bills, and I wanted to catch up with him before camp opens at St. John Fisher. In our discussion, he talks a lot about his journey from undrafted rookie to being cut to being signed to the practice squad to being on the active roster for a game-day win at home. So we also discuss what goes on behind the doors at One Bills Drive, what the coaching staff is having him work on this offseason, the new $18 million training facility, and some insight on some of the teammates that we'll all be watching closely this summer, and a ton more. So without further ado, our interview with Mike Love. He is a second-year defensive end for the Buffalo Bills. He came here as an undrafted free agent rookie last season out of the University of South Florida and worked his way up from the practice squad to the active roster. I'd like to welcome back Mike Love to the podcast. Mike, it's great to talk to you again. How are you? Good, Nate. How are you doing, man? Thanks for having me back. I'm very good. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, so last time we talked, it was right before the third preseason game last season. And unfortunately, after a good preseason, you were released by the Bills at roster cutdown. Now, can you take us through what you went through and how that all transpired? Yeah. Uh, well, at first, you know, uh, after the last game, uh, they kind of, you know, call you in and stuff and, uh, you know, let you know what they're going to do with you and uh, as far as everything. And going in, you know, I always had a positive mindset on it because, uh, you know, uh, that's one thing I always live by. It's just stay positive no matter what. 
so going in, uh, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, you know, honestly, thought I had a pretty good preseason. And when they told me they were going to, you know, cut me and sign me to the practice squad, uh, I wasn't relieved or, you know, kind of happy. Uh, but I was still grateful, you know, for the opportunity for them to want to develop me uh, before they put me on the roster. So uh, it was kind of a good experience, I would say, because, uh, you know, just as far as the whole getting cut process, uh, I guess that's just part of the NFL that before you get signed to practice squad, they need to cut you uh, mm-hmm. for any uh, other teams who want to, you know, sign you up or uh, get you off the ravers is what they uh, call it. But um, uh, it was, uh, like I said, I think it was a good experience for me because uh, just seeing the side of business of how everything works out. And, um, you know, I didn't like getting cut and uh, getting on practice squad, but I knew that uh, it was going to make me a better person. It was going to make me a better player. Uh, so, you know, I took it. I was uh, positive about it. Uh, I was happy. And, uh, you know, I worked my butt off once I uh, got signed to the practice squad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet that's why you got signed to the practice squad. So what yep. what was the grind like for you being on the practice squad day in and day out during the season? I mean, how did you prepare each week? Um, uh, I prepared like I was basically, uh, you know, playing with the others in the game because, you know, we're all on the same team. There's no difference when you're on practice squad or anything. You know, you still practice. Uh, you just, you know, you work hard, give them a look, and, uh, you know, just, you know, go out there and uh, practice hard every day. Uh, so, you know, that was my mindset going into practice squad uh, uh, and just practice in general, just going out there every day just to put my best foot forward and uh, continue to work how uh, I worked during the preseason, uh, also training camp. So nothing really changed going into practice squad. Uh, I just uh, I kept practicing. You know, every day was a game like to me uh, with my mindset and I uh, stayed positive and uh, I just worked hard. And, uh, you know, that, that that was it, really. So in week 14, you were activated to the 53-man roster, and in Week 15, you were active for the first time ever in a win against the Lions. Talk about that experience, if you could. Oh man, I just the the day my agent called me, man, uh, I knew it was coming because uh, you know the Bills, they you know they told me that you know just keep working, your time's coming. Uh, you know, I always prayed on it. Um, you know, I'm real close with uh, God and in, uh, in my walk and. Uh, I believe he shows me favor, you know, as I seek him and I continue to seek him. And and I think he was showing me favor by, you know, letting me have those four games to be fortunate to get accredited season in the NFL, which is, uh, you know, big time. So, I mean, when I got that call from my agent, man, you know, my eyes just lit up and, you know, I was excited. But, you know, my mindset was still the same and I was just to continue to work, continue to uh, grind and, uh, you know, continue to stay motivated and, uh, push through and uh, just uh, put, like I said, put my best foot forward and, you know, just didn't change anything. You know, it was just every day a mindset to go into work and, and, and be playoff caliber and just uh, work my butt off. So, and then when uh, the first game I wasn't active, uh, which I was okay, I was okay with. And then the second game I got active and i tell you, man, I was nervous at first, but, uh, it all worked out, man. I had a, a pretty solid game. Uh, the game was a little fast for me at first, but I adjusted quickly. And, mm-hmm. uh, man, I was just so grateful for that opportunity uh, to get the uh, those four games and just to be active, you know, uh, at a home game at that with the wonderful fans we got, man. I mean, they – I would I would say my nervous uh, – my nervousness, like, calmed down just hearing the uh, fans and just hearing, you know, how hyped they were in the game. And it was a great game. 
we uh we heard the shout you know let's go buffalo so you know that that had a huge part of me you know calming me down and uh you know i just love the city and love the fans and that was a big part of uh you know just me being with ease in the game now we had talked about the bills mafia and the crowd and everything last year but you hadn't really experienced till up until that point i mean was it everything you thought it was going to be or did it feel like you were back at college no definitely not in college especially when i'm uh uh, you know, some of the uh, places I played at. Uh, I mean, it's just a wonderful atmosphere, man. I mean, they're all into it. I mean, it's like, I would say it's like a college town, to be honest, but you still feel that in the, that NFL atmosphere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's just like, I love it, man. I love how they cheer. I love when we score and they, they do the shout, uh, the shout song. Yep. I mean, it's a wonderful experience. And it, it wasn't, it, it was everything I thought it'd be as far as the atmosphere of, uh, you know, uh, how uh, just alive they were, you know. So what was the difference, what was the biggest difference between your preparation for the practice squad each week and when you were part of the active roster? Yeah, like I said earlier, like, my my mindset really didn't change because, you know, I went into work every day with the same mindset. It's just to work hard, man, and uh, play your role and, uh, you know, know, be a team player and just – you know, do your job basically and be 111. Uh, it's one of the things we say in the, uh, at, the, at work is be 111. Is you know, every man do their job. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the mindset didn't change. I just went out there and worked and, uh, you know, I got my personal goals and, and, you know, so, uh, every time I step foot in the building or that football field, you know, I got the same mindset, man. That's just to go to work and, yep. and, and, and work my butt off, man. Yep. Yep. So this off season, the Bills brought in only one veteran free agent defensive end in Eli Harold and only drafted one defensive end in the seventh round uh, and picked Daryl Johnson to compete with the group. Were you surprised or relieved that they felt so confident in the defensive end room that they only made a couple of additions? Um, Not really uh, either or. It was just, you know, uh, it's a business and, you know, uh, you know things happen, so... I was kind of excited because, you know, competition is, you know, the best because, you know, it makes everyone better. It makes your teammates better. And it's also going to make you better as a player because, uh, you know, you, you have to continue to work because, you know, you got the man next to you working as much as you are. So it's kind of fun, to be honest, to me personally. Mm-hmm. So after last season happened, the 2018 season, what did the coaching staff tell you to work on in this off season to better prepare you? Uh, this off season, you know, they want me to work on my overall strength, uh, continue to keep my speed, uh, uh, continue to keep my head right, um, you know, and just uh, come in ready to compete, come in ready to work, and uh, you know, just you know, be a little more explosive and and uh, just basically overall strength, and uh, that's some of the things I'm working on right now. Gotcha. Now, pass rushers in the NFL seem to have their own unique way of getting after the quarterback. Some guys are speed guys. Some guys are power guys. How do you describe your pass rushing style? Man, I would tell you it's not all over the place, but <laughs> I uh, I like a lot of things, man. Uh, you know, I love speed, uh, but then I love a lot of counters, and uh, I'll switch it in with some power. And uh, that's another reason why I'm uh, here on offseason right now working on my overall uh, power in my lower leg so I could develop that asset uh, for the power side. You know, I have the speed, I have the counters, mm-hmm. uh, which are my, my main uh, assets now, but I'm just working on a little bit more power to just to add more tools to my toolbox. Okay, 
Okay, great. So um, it feels like rookies have a, a ton of things to deal with in preparation for the draft, things like the combine, pro days, et cetera. Mm-hmm. How huge is it in your second year to not have to worry about any of that this offseason? Oh, man. it's it's. I will tell you, it's very awesome uh, because when you come out of college, you don't stop working. And uh, you don't stop working after you get drafted or signed to create and drill uh, deal. And you, you just, you know, you continue to work. And then, uh, you know, training camp, preseason games. And after you make the team a practice guy, you're still working. So you that that whole year after your college, you can you literally are working. So I think it's kind of nice to have, uh, you know, four months off completely uh, after your first season. Uh, and a couple the first couple of weeks, it's just nice to get away and just to relax and, you know, calm down and get your, you know, your body back right and just basically heal with rest. Mm-hmm. But then it's also good and important that we got so much time to work on the necessary things that we need to, you know, better ourselves as a player and mentally. So I feel like that time is just very valuable and, uh, uh, we're very grateful. To, I'm very grateful to have all that time, man, because, you know, it just gives you a lot of time to work on a lot of things, man. So mm-hmm. it's really, uh, it, it, it's nice. I'll yeah. tell you that it's nice. Yeah, like the strength, like you were just saying, you probably have a lot more time to focus just on that, right? Exactly. And then you can focus on, I mean, a lot of things. You know, if you want to, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, your, your mental. So, you know, I, I read a lot, and I think that's kind of important uh, to make sure uh, you know, that you use that time and, and use it wisely because, yeah, we're football players, but we still need to, you know, educate ourselves and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just helps, you know, your mental just – and, you know, some yoga stuff and uh, meditation, mindfulness. So uh, it's good to have that time because you can work on all types of sort of things, not just lifting and running. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you brought that up because, actually, let's talk about the Bills training facility. Tell me about the new $18 million Forty one thousand square foot state of the art training facility that's new this season and how much better is it than the previous one? It's eighteen million? I thought it was a little more than that, but <laughs> it, it, I mean you would think it's more than that, man. It's 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 wonderful. And uh we had we they added so many resources to the building now and uh it makes you not want to leave the building to be honest, you know, after work and you just want to stay there because you have so many different resources you can do now, different type of machines to work on, uh, you know, mental things as well. We have a nice player lounge now where we can just sit back and relax and uh, gather our thoughts and stuff. And, I mean, you know, it's it's huge. I've never been or seen uh, a weight room like that in my, in my entire life. I mean, it's it's wonderful, man, and mm-hmm. uh, very thankful for them for doing that. So you, you were mentioning yoga earlier. Which of the new amenities between the sleep pods and the hot yoga have you had a chance to use? I use – I'm not a big fan of the sleep pod. I like to get in the uh, uh, one of the uh, massage chairs we have in the player lounge, uh-huh. and I'll lift it all the way back. It goes like it, – it levitate. It goes all the way back with your legs levitated up. So I do that, put some boots on, and uh, you know, just relax right there. But I would say the uh, hot yoga I tried a couple times, which was really nice. So you're basically hanging like from your ankles while getting massage at the same time. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It like literally, like uh, I can't explain it, but it just it holds you and it grabs you and just pushes you all the way back. So my back is kind of like parallel with the ground, but uh-huh. I'm still on the chair. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. Pretty cool. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. That that does sound cool. So last year, Coach McDermott was telling you and the rest of the team to be playoff caliber in everything you did from training to rehab to practice and study habits. 
What's Coach McDermott's message for the team this season? Uh, nothing's changed. Uh, he's still, we're still playoff caliber. Uh, I will say a couple things as we're working on the climb, and that's just getting better every day, uh, taking it day by day, uh, getting each other better, you know, coming as a team, you know, learning the system, um, and uh, just uh, bringing the team together. Uh, and that's what I, that's what's mostly I think is most important is the part of, you know, us coming together as a team because we're only going to go as far as each other. You know, we're going to play for each other and love each other. And uh, and, that, and that's when you have a team. And I think we're doing, we did a pretty good job in the spring of sticking to, you know, his plan and everything that he wants from us, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So last season, you kept talking about your why and how everyone needs one to compete at your level. Has yours changed at all from last year to this year? Uh, my wife is still my mother. Uh, she's such a hard-working woman. You know, she raised four boys by herself, you know, uh, and I admire her for her hard work and everything that she's done for us. So she's still my wife, but I've developed another one, and, and that's Christ. I got closer to him, and uh, I recently got baptized in November, to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I've got closer in my walk, and I think that's helped me. Uh, spiritually, and it's helped me become a better man, and also uh, a better person, a uh, better family member, better uh, community le- leader, better teammate, um, you know, better friend, and you know, it's really been helping me. So, you know, I'm really doing it for her, and I'm and I'm playing for him as well. Okay, great, great. Well, let's switch gears and talk about the players on your on the team that you compete and work alongside with. So, we briefly discussed the defensive end room. How does your teammate Trent Murphy look this season? And do you see a difference from last season when he was battling injuries? Yeah, I mean, Trent Murphy looking like he's 21 right now. He's looking <laughs> good. Uh, you know, he's move, he's moving really, really well. And uh, I think it'll be a, a big season for him. I, I have to ask you this since you've seen Josh Allen up close and you came into the league at the same time as him. Is he as much of a leader in the locker room as he appears to be when the cameras are on? Oh, definitely. Yes, sir. Uh, he's a good leader, and uh, especially when I beat him in ping pong, but you know, we ain't going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Is he able to, to take a loss pretty well that way, or is he still is, is he kind of stubborn? Does he get upset? I ain't going to comment on that because uh, <laughs> I'm, not the, I'm not the only one who wins. I lose sometimes, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we uh, that's great. That's great. Well, I want to read you an excerpt from Joe Biscali of WKBW um, with an observation on the OTAs and mandatory minicamp. He says, okay. he says, Love has done a solid job or solid work in, as both a pass rusher and an edge setter in his opportunities with the second unit, which makes it likely that the trend will continue into training camp. Love will have a great chance to earn a roster spot this summer. I mean, I guess I mean, when I say that out loud, how encouraging is that to hear from impartial local reporters watching you practice? Um, I mean, it's pretty cool. I didn't see the article myself. Uh, just hearing it from what you said was one of my, my first times. But, you know, it's, it's encouraging, and it makes me want to, you know, continue to keep working and just continue to, uh, you know, battle every day, man, and just going to work with the same mindset. is just, you know, stay motivated, keep working, and, uh, you know, don't look back. Good. Good. Well, you literally went from being an undrafted rookie to potentially being a major part of the def- starting defensive line rotation going forward. I mean, do you ever 
have a chance to sit back and look at how far you've caught him, or do you just you you can all, all you can do is just keep your eyes forward? Exactly, man. And I believe I'm a big believer in that. It's just you know you always got somewhere to be, and I think there's always more, you know. And uh, I'm a big believer in you know when you make it somewhere, you know you always you always can go higher. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. always can continue to grow. You always continue to get better. So. Uh, I try not to look back, even though it's encouraging. Don't get me wrong. I don't just sit there and ignore it. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's always more work to do, even if you're at the highest level and uh, in a rotation spot for, you know, starting job and stuff. It's, you know, you just keep working, man, and, and don't look back and just, you know, just move forward and just go straight, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's clearly gotten to where you are right now in life and, and continuing to take you on that path. So, so Mike, we'll all be watching you this summer as St. John Fisher. Where can folks find you on social media? Man, you know they can find me on IG. <laughs> Don't be shy. Hit me with the follow. Mike Love underscore 98. Very simple. Very easy to type in. Go ahead and type it in and hit follow, and uh, I'll give you a nice follow back, man. Okay, great, great, and I'm and I'll add those to add that to the show notes of this podcast so everyone can find it there on the website. Um, you know, you, like I said, we'll all be watching you. We'll all be rooting for you. Um, it's been a pleasure to follow your NFL journey this far and having you on for the third time. I'm, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and, and thanks so much for uh, coming on the Circling the Wagons podcast. No problem, Nate. Anytime, man. You ever need any, just let me know. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break, but afterwards I'm going to play a couple of clips from past interviews with Mike that'll really explain where he's come from and why he's the kind of player that you're going to want to root for this summer. Welcome back to the Circling the Wagons podcast. I'm your host, Nate. And as I mentioned before, I talked with Mike on two separate occasions before I joined Buffalo Rumblings this last fall. And we have a lot more listeners now than we did then, and I wanted to give everyone a chance to know Mike's backstory, including him finishing his master's degree, uh, living with the Martinez family, his second family, when he thought it would give him some stability in his life, um, him meeting his biological father for the first time recently, and uh, the love he has for his mom, who raised four boys alone. Great. It, I saw that you finished college and graduated with your master's degree in entrepreneurship at USF, how important was that to you? It was really important to finish. My mom was really proud of me. Uh, it was definitely days that I thought that I didn't need it because uh, it was kind of coming in between my pro day, my pro day program of trying to work out and trying to you know get my forty time down, and then I had classes six, and it was some days I was like, you know, I really can just come back. It's just one semester, but you know, talking to my mom and. One of my number one supporters, she was just in my ear telling me how important it is to finish this because how far I came. So it was really important to get that degree, and I'm just really glad I made the decision to do it. Well, you know, you just recently talked about your mother, Shalanda, and how close of a relationship you have with her. Uh, but you also have a close relationship with Lisa Martinez and the Martinez family. Can you tell me a little bit about them? Yeah, I really have a good relationship. I have a second family as well. I had a uh, Moved in with them my freshman year in high school. Uh, I didn't know what I was really doing with my life. And uh, my best friend, Dalton, was the son of Dave Martinez. And he was, uh, at the time, a bench coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. And I always used to go over there prior to living there. And every time I went over there, I seemed like I was doing right. You know what I'm saying? Just being right and having a little authority. Because, you know, he wasn't allowed that at night. He didn't do anything bad. And when I would go home 
back home. It's not like my mom didn't discipline me. You know, I was just a young kid, you know, no father around, just no authority. So I would just be around doing whatever I wanted. But it seemed like every time I went over there, I was doing the right thing. So, I, you know, I, th- I brought it upon myself one time. I was like, you know, I'm kind of tired of being like this, not listening to my mom and stuff. So I talked to her and I talked to their family. I told them that I just wanted to move in with them and, you know, change my life around. And Mama Lisa, which is what I call Lisa Martinez, she agreed to it. She said it was totally fine. It was up to your mom. My mom said, yeah, she'll try it out. And I've been, I went there for four years. Um, and everything's just been really good since I moved in. I mean, I got on a roll for the first time. I just started, I started playing football and stuff and, you know, everything just went the right way after I moved in with that family. And my mom was right there. It's not like I didn't see her. She was there and just very supportive with it. And, you know, I was glad that she said it was okay. So it worked out well. So, I mean, that, that family, you know, they mean everything to me as well as my mom. That's a great story between your mother and the Martinez family. You, you actually um, just touched on that, but along with becoming a part of the Martinez family, you just met your biological father, Grant Miller, for the first time three years ago. What was that experience like? Uh, I was living with my mom at the time because it was a uh, uh, no, 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 no. I was in college actually. I apologize. And my mom had ran into my grandmother on my father's side and was just catching up. And my mom was showing her pictures of all her sons, and she said, uh, "Oh, Mike looks like Grant." And uh, my mom kind of looked at it and said, oh, they kind of do look alike. And, you know, my mom called me one day and said, I think I know who your father is because we previously thought it was someone else. And uh, I told her that I didn't know. I don't. I really wasn't worried about it, but I kind of prayed for nights like that. So I took that shot and, you know, we ended up meeting at a park. And once I saw him, you know, I was like, man, he's a spitting image of me. Like, like we look just alike, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it at all so i knew that was my dad and we've just been we've been close ever since trying to make up the 20 you know the 20 21 years that we missed out on and you know he didn't know about me it wasn't his fault but we have a great relationship now and that's all i can ask for absolutely and that kind of speaking on a positive vibe you know you recently posted on instagram that you visited a gentleman by the name of mike in clearwater florida and gave him and you called him the real definition of a fighter. Could you talk about Mike, what he's dealt with, and how you came in contact with him? Uh, Mike is uh, one of my former high school teammates. He played uh, running back at our high school. Uh, one of the uh, one of the greatest kids I ever met. You know, good kid, good. You know, uh, on the shoulders, he's always uh, you know doing the right thing. You know, he's never in trouble. Not really a hard-headed kid, and. Uh, I had the chance to play with him in uh, high school for three years. He came from Clearwater High to our school. And so I've been cool with him ever since, even after high school when I went to college. He went to, uh, I want to say it was a D2 in California. And uh, he uh, played football there. And that's all he wanted to do. He always wanted to play football. And that was his dream. That was all of our dreams, uh, was to play in the NFL. And what had happened was when he went to California to play, uh, he went to a party, and uh, after the party, him and his friends came in contact with some people and words were exchanged. And then they, uh, most of the kids that he was with got away, and he didn't get away, and he ended up getting in a fight with them, and he got jumped, and they beat him into a coma. So uh, after they did that, uh, the doctor said that, you know, he was basically pronounced brain dead. They wanted to pull the plug, 
but his mom, Cherie, she's a great woman. Uh, I know her really well. Uh, she told him that he's a, you know, he's a fighter and he'll, he'll be all right. Uh, we're not going to pull the plug and on the, uh, I want to say, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to be wrong, but I don't know exactly what day, but he ended up waking up, uh, when they said that he wasn't and he woke up and he's been recovering ever since he, uh, we raised enough money, uh, the whole city of Clearwater raised enough money to get him from California to Florida because, you know, he couldn't get on like a, a regular airplane because of the medical attention that he needed. Uh-huh. He needed a special plane. So we had, they, they raised a whole enough money to get him on a special plane to get him back to Clearwater, which was huge and one of the, the, a great moment, you know, to get him back home where he belongs. So, He's been recovering ever since. He's doing a great job. I mean, I remember the first time I went and saw him, you know, I was hurt, but, you know, he, he, he wasn't really talking. And, you know, he, he knew you were there. He understood everything, but uh, he really couldn't uh, speak and stuff. And I recently seen him literally like a couple of days before I left. I wanted to make sure I go and see him. Seen him twice when I was home. And uh, before I left, you know, he was there. And he was. I gave him a Bill shirt and we were uh, talking and stuff. He's still... He's still fighting, and that's why I call him a fighter because, you know, what he's been through, he still has the same smile on his face, and he's still, you know, fighting, trying to recover. And uh, I think he's going to do a great job with recovery. You know, it just takes time, and uh, the way he's fighting right now, it looks like it's going to be sooner than later, you know. And he's speaking now, you know, it's, it's still hard to understand him, but he's doing real good with it. You know, he laughs, he smiles, and he does a lot of things that, you know, people wouldn't expect coming out of the situation he came out, so. That's why I call him a fighter because he's still being the same guy that he was before the situation. Wow, I, I really appreciate you telling that story, Mike. Um, and I guess you know the last last question I have for you um, for this podcast is: the next few weeks could define your career in the NFL and the rest of your life in one shape or another. How do you approach these final weeks before the season starts, and how do you just uh, keep the- pressing through just to the end? Uh, basically just the same way I've been doing, you know, working hard, studying and, uh, you know, coming to work every day with a smile on my face, ready to be better and just be, you know, become a better player every day. You know, just anything I need to work on, just, you know, work on it and, uh, create new tendencies to do, you know, new tendencies to get better, uh, you know, learning more techniques and just basically the same approach that I had in training camp and, you know, nothing's changing, man. I'm still working, you know, still grinding, and so I'm going to continue to do. Thanks again to Mike Love for coming on again. You can follow him on Instagram at Mike Love underscore 98. I'm sure we'll talk again soon, as us Bills fans love following our undrafted players and their stories. So also check out our Bills T Public store, where we just put out our Game of Thrones-inspired Bills shirt with the slogan, Winning is Coming. So find that in all of our designs on sale at tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. Now, we also have our famous Josh Allen hurling the haters design and our McDermott trust the process design there, uh, along with several more Bills-inspired designs coming out this summer. So keep your eyes open for that. That site, again, is tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. Now, the ctwpod is just like our Twitter handle, at ctwpod like circling the wagons pod give us a follow there we are almost at 2500 followers and appreciate each one of you guys for following us for me nate go bills thanks again for listening and uh, i'll leave you with this last back and forth i had with mike after our first interview last year when i told him off air 
I thought he legitimately had a shot at cracking the roster. I mean, it, my opinion doesn't matter for anything, but I think you have a good chance making it. You keep, you know, respecting the process like you have, man. And and I really, I really hope to see you on the field. And uh, I'll definitely see you in training camp, man. Thanks. I really appreciate it, man. Those are some good words, man. I'm gonna, this got me a little more motivated. I really <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.